Hello, beautiful people. I have some shit to say. Um, and hopefully you can explore this with me. Okay. I have a bit of a flu, so my voice is a little bit raspy. It might break here and there. It's a little bit thin, but we're going to make it. How are we doing? How are we doing? It's been a little while. Someone has just asked me, what is this about? And um, I want to have a little discussion on reputation destruction. Reputation destruction, amongst other things, okay? If you are, if you're new, hello. Um, I used to do live streams all the time and they're some of my absolute favorite things to do to just press live and just start riffing out loud. So that's what we're going to be doing here. I don't know how long it's going to be, but there are a lot of things that are on my mind. There are a lot of things that I'm researching right now. There, there are a lot of things that I'm really curious about. So that's what we're doing. This is not going to be a linear thing. Um, it's not going to be a linear conversation. It might be 10 minutes, half an hour, but it might also be three hours, okay? Live streams are some of my absolute favorite things. It's my happy place. And it's also where we get to explore our unthinkable thoughts out loud. Also, by the way, at some point, I might actually just ask you to request if you want to have a chat with me. But if you're new here, I should let you know a few things before we kind of dive in. First of all, I do use very colorful language, okay? So if you have some little kids around, some little kiddies, you might want to pop in some headphones. But if you are going to be the kind of person that is just in disbelief that I use the work fuck so liberally, you, you might want to save yourself. <laughs> you might want to save yourself because I get very passionate and we're, we're getting very deep with this, okay? And this is a conversation for adults. And also, everything that I'm going to put forward, I'm not putting it forward as the be all and all, okay? We're exploring ideas out loud. That is what we do here, all right? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to read some words from a post that I shared very recently. And then I want to know what you think about some of these things. And then I would love for anyone who is interested to maybe join me in conversation so we can have a little back and forth because I'm very curious about some of these things. All right, okay. Again, I have a bit of a cold, so my voice might be a little bit fragile, okay? So these are the words that I wrote and one more thing that I should add is that the baseline, the very baseline for engaging in this space, because we do get to have boundaries online, is respect. I don't expect you to agree with me, all right? In fact, I invite disagreement. I think it's important to get your ideas tested. I think it's important to be able to view things in a different way. I think it's important to just honor the fact that there are many different worldviews that exist apart from mine and yours, right? But the baseline is respect. So if you can't be respectable, if you don't have manners, <laughs> See, I'm already laughing, but I, I really do fucking mean it. If you don't have manners, you know what to do, okay? Um, so these are the words that I wrote. A person who is truly well and in integrity with who they are wouldn't find it normal 
or fulfilling to participate in cancellation campaigns, humiliation rituals, cyberbullying under the guise of social justice, virtual stoning sessions, and reputation destruction. I truly believe that a person who is whole within themselves would not find it normal to engage in a cancellation campaign. And if you don't know what a cancellation campaign is, just X out of this video and just do it. Do a quick little scan of my recent post and what I share. And I say that because I want you to keep this in mind the next time that you're tempted to engage in these disturbing rituals, because we have to call it what it actually is. A lot of these are rituals that when you, when you really think about it, um, it, it can be very easy to think that the way that people are behaving, especially online, is new. It can be very easy to believe that this is new behavior, it's sudden. Why are people behaving in this way? But it's actually very, very ancient. It's just channeling itself in a really modern way, right? But the next time that you were tempted to engage in these disturbing rituals, or the next time an emotionally dysregulated person, because I truly believe, and I don't say this from a place of shaming anyone, but even when I think of myself, because I think the best way to, um, to kind of allow for people to realize that when I'm having these conversations about cancel culture, which I prefer to call collective sabotage, um, when I was engaging in kind of various offshoots of, of cancel culture, I was very dysregulated emotionally and mentally and spiritually. I was not whole within myself. I don't believe that it's possible for a person to be truly grounded and full and whole in who they are and to behave in such a disturbing way. And I had to be really, really fucking honest with myself about that. There's, there's nothing normal about it, you know, and these platforms incentivize us to behave in a certain way. And of course, the added layer of being anonymous means that people feel that they can really step into their shadow and allow for their shadow to be expressed in a way that other people will never have to find out about, right? But keep all of these things in mind. The next time that you are invited to participate in a disturbing ritual, um, or the next time, as I said, you're tempted <laughs> by an emotionally dysregulated person, it is so, so easy to do. And it's one of the ways that you can guarantee that you will cross your own boundaries. And, you know, this is a conversation that I'm so fierce and passionate about. And I don't give a shit if anyone is exhausted about me talking about this because it is, it is so real. I don't just talk about it because I see it happening online, you know, and, and the moment that I log out, then I, I have nothing to do with this conversation. I see this because I have worked with hundreds, hundreds of people that have suffered at the hands of what we call cancel culture, what I prefer to call collective sabotage. And it is so disturbing and so sinister to the point where when people come to a point of realizing what they participated in, the cognitive dissonance and the internal conflict is so strong that it won't allow you to come to terms with what you have participated in. And again, it's not, it's not new. It's not new. 
this is ancient, this is historical. When people that would label themselves a good person, a kind person, a thoughtful person, someone who cares about their neighbor, someone that would help someone in the street, they found themselves participating in some of the most horrific things. It is so difficult to come to terms with it. So what do most people do in the context of cancel culture? They will double the fuck down. They will double the fuck down. They will lean into the academic jargon and the social justice mantras, right? It's, it's quite mind-blowing. And I, I wonder if it's, um, and again, this is just me musing out loud and, and I'm curious to know what you think. But I, I, I imagine it's something that is really evolutionary and quite just hardwired in us as human beings where when we are confronted with a truth that is so physically uncomfortable and it's just, it, 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 it means that you have to change everything about yourself. It means that your entire worldview has to change. It means that your relationships change. It means that the way you speak to yourself and about other people has to fucking change. So you go into this mode of just fierce self-protection. Is that what it is? I, I think maybe it is, but it's it's frightening the way some people will double the fuck down when they realize that they have been participating in these sinister, sinister humiliation rituals, the virtual stoning, as I said, the cyberbullying. Yep, like Sierra just said, your entire identity has to change. And I know that for me, and I didn't even participate in anything that I would think is horrific, but on a certain level, I was so entrenched in different um, pockets of just regressive social justice, where at a point in time, I did believe that silence is violence was the, the ultimate truth, where at a point in time, I was so close to being convinced that white supremacy is the cause of every single ill on this planet, which is just absurd when you when you really think about it. Um, and again, here some people will come with their own worldview to, to make me wrong and to make me bad and to make me evil for just saying that. Um, because we have to cling on to our beliefs, right? We have to cling on to what we believe is ultimately true, what connects us to our groups and our communities. And I get it. It's a, it's a very hard thing to admit that actually that you were very, that you were very wrong, that you were very, very wrong, you know? Do you believe that you can be well within yourself and whole within yourself and truly happy with who you are as a person and still participate in cancel culture, humiliation rituals, which you see in comment sections all the time, cyberbullying under the guise of social justice, mostly, <laughs> Um, and reputation destruction. Do you believe that you can wholeheartedly participate in that and be well within yourself? I'll give you a minute to just, to just think about that. Or have you, uh, maybe a, another layer that I can add to this. Um, have you found yourself participating in any of these things? Have you ever participated in a cancellation campaign? Have you ever contributed to 
someone's reputation being destructed? Have you cyber bullied <laughs> under the guise of social justice? And again, listen, any conversation that I have, especially if you're used to me and my work and you've been here for, for long enough, I, I think it's so important to be able to think out loud and just to be honest and just to be, to be so honest with yourself. And here's the thing, you don't even have to share it with me right now, but it's, it's crucial. If you want to even be in a place where you're undoing self-censorship and connecting deeper, not just with you, but with other people, you have to be so fucking honest with yourself, especially when it's uncomfortable to be truthful. Because you actually limit the level of intimacy that you can reach with other people when you're lying to yourself, especially when you're lying to yourself about your own behaviors. And again, I'm kind of thinking while I let you think about this question too. Um, something that I've been researching quite a bit, <laughs> which is, this is a tangent, but we're gonna, we're gonna find our way back. I've been curious actually for the past couple of years, why it tends to be women that are spearheading cancel culture. And listen, I love us women. I love us so fucking much. I, I didn't say anything for International Women's Day, but I don't, I don't have to um, in order to express my love and adoration for us. But I've been very curious as to why <clears throat> it seems to be women that are kind of spearheading cancel culture. And yes, I know it's not only women, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the data and the research and there's a big case that's happening right now, which I will talk about in a separate um, in a separate conversation, but I was speaking to, I was speaking to Jordan Peterson actually, and some of you might hate him, you might not, whatever, it's not about that. I, I really wanted to understand, I spoke to him and I spoke to different thinkers and researchers around this, around why does it seem to be women that kind of participate the most in cyberbullying, in humiliation, especially online? Um, and reputation destruction and he was saying it's because typically men when they when they have any kind of conflict they go into physical combat right it's very physical that is their outlet they will fight and then they will kind of leave it there whereas with women um and again i love us very much but we have to be honest about our shadow we most of us just have to think back to our experience of being in school women go for your reputation and even if, if I'm being really fucking honest with myself and looking at the way that I have behaved in the past, looking at the way that I've manipulated someone's perception of someone else just through conversation and question and positioning it as curiosity, gossip, it is so fascinating. And I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to believe any of this as I've kind of been doing the research, wanting to find out how the different sexes approach conflict. But I was really asking myself, why the fuck does it seem to mainly be women that are kind of spearheading ca cancel culture? And even when you look at, at the way women comment, kind of, let's say on celebrity pages online, just how vicious they can be. Someone said so many questions at once. Exactly, that's, that's what we're doing. I did say it's not linear, but I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back to the question that I posed. It's because as women, we go for someone's reputation. But again, 
my original question was that, do you believe that it's possible for someone to be truly happy with who they are, to be well within themselves, to be in integrity and to participate in cancellation campaigns, in humiliation rituals, in virtual stoning sessions and in reputation destruction? That was my question. And if your answer is a no or a yes, I, I would like you to expand on it a little bit. Um, and if you want to join me in the chat or to just share your thoughts very quickly, please just request to, to join me and we'll have a little, we'll have a little back and forth. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? This is a first for me. Oh, I'm very well. So good to have you here. Wow. I've never been live on Instagram. Never wanted to be live on Instagram. Really? Oh, well, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm but honest. yeah, your conversation was just exciting me in so many ways. It was like fireworks going off. So yes. I'm not even sure what question to answer at this point because there's just so much. Feel um, free to so, so in terms of the main question, of course, as many have said, that you know, my feeling is that it's a no. Because yeah. to achieve that level of um, happiness or joy, groundedness and comfort within oneself is not an easy task. And if you've mm -hmm. made it to that task, th there's a deeper understanding about why everything is unfolding the way it is, including what's happening in your own life. And so mm -hmm. you're going to see it with a kind of a detachment and more compassion um, and neutrality. And so, so you don't participate. And um, one of the things that, that really caught me when I, because I came in, I don't know, midway through the conversation, um, yeah. is when you taught, when you said the words, silence is violence. You just like, it went straight to my, my gut. Because at the beginning of the last two years of madness, I had that come my, my way a number of times because I chose yeah. to be silent. Um, the fact is silence, like all of the most powerful things in existence happen within silence. The wind is silent. The ocean is silent. Everything that is silent is powerful. And even though I wasn't sitting around thinking of myself as powerful, um, I was silent, but I wasn't silent because I didn't think there was a, uh, wasn't without discernment. It was just without judgment over what I was discerning. And so mm -hmm. my lack of, you know, this, just allow me to stay neutral and people either stayed or left depending on my neutrality but for some people it became violence to them when i thought it was in fact the opposite so when you said that because i loved that you saw the truth in that the silence is not at all violence but i heard it a lot especially in my own community around things that i was just not going to lend my energy to um mm -hmm. in terms of you know like white supremacy like when you started talking about that too like all of that are conversations I've been having for a very, very long time. But I've really? lost friends over a oh, very long time. I've lost friends over that conversation because it is a conversation I've been having with myself for at least 30 years, like at least. And wow. so, so you've just been like, just, <laughs> and I'm sitting here wow. like, oh my God, she totally gets it. And so, um, and so yeah, there's, there's, you know, for me, I moved through the last couple of years in a place of neutrality. And for me, 
what that is is a very powerful place which sometimes comes with silence it sometimes doesn't but it's a place of neutrality from which you can scan everything that's happening with discernment decide where you want to go and then choose your path silently do you know what i mean which has more of um an impact on the entire planet on the people around you on yourself just because you're moving that way without words there's nothing that's good or bad everything just is and so you just move and you just move but because you're neutral it doesn't mean you can't see what's going on it doesn't mean you're ignoring it it's just that you're able to make choices without a huge amount of judgment and anger and frustration and all of that and i'm still watching friends go through that and and i can't participate you know they're angry and they're talking about all of the things from race to religion to politics and it's such a waste of energy you know so anyway that's all i said wow um i'm getting a little bit um i'm getting a little bit wow you're you're incredible oh well, so are you no 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 please please receive that i okay. i don't know i am um i'm realizing just in this moment how much i i i needed to hear someone like you stays that same thing that's it's huge it's huge and even your voice ah oh, okay <laughs> now now i'm going to be weeping okay wow I, wow i wish i could share tea with you i have an entire pot here oh, i wish i could for you. I have have some carrot juice. Oh. <laughs> it's in a plastic bottle, but it's okay. Wow. It's good carrot juice. Wow. Yeah. I I, I would really love to share tea with you. I would love to share tea with you one we day. Will. We will. Yeah. Yeah, we sure. will. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Where are you in the world? Right now I'm in Tulum, Mexico. Oh. Yeah. Fine, I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. And you know, you oh. you were shared with me by someone a very dear friend of mine who is actually now back in Tulum she introduced me to you your work um just a few months ago because um she finds me rare and she's rare and you to me are rare and so um you know i'm not online a lot but um i just tapped into you today and everything that was coming out of you i was like oh my god <laughs> so um so very excited to connect cuz literally um like some of it i i'm silent about because i just choose to stay like even especially the the white supremacy stuff um yeah. it's a big one and it's holding us back it's such a huge way um you know it's just yeah it it is what it is you know god love us but um there's there's Yeah, there's just so much I can say. I could just ramble. Please. And and I I want you to say as much as you want to share. I I'm not going anywhere. As you were speaking, I I was looking down because I'm I'm just writing as you're talking. You know, um this idea of your lack of um you not externalizing meant that you could actually do richer internal work. you know meant that you could actually work things out for yourself but the the culture and time that we found ourselves in which position it, it positions itself as being very progressive it's extremely regressive mm-hmm. and in the past 2 years we've 
regressed in ways that in ways that that saddened me so much but they also fuel the work that I do because I, I I do also believe that the tide is turning the fact that you and I can have this conversation in front of over a hundred people and it can be received in this way but also because just from hearing you reflect something like a, a, an experience that's been deeply internal for me for the past two to three years the fact that there's so much something so profound can happen when you are in silence and for me that's where i've actually found most of my treasure that's where i found my voice you know and um i i think so many people are terrified of being in the neutral space because you're told that makes you a fence sitter that means that you don't stand for anything when that couldn't be further from the truth mm -hmm. um, and i think um i wonder what you think about this as well i also find that when you're someone that sees the nuance in everything, it, it actually isolates you even more from people. I think that's why when you come across people that are rare, if you will, people like you, it's, it's just so refreshing because when there's so much beauty and there's so many gifts in being able to see the nuance in being able to understand that things are not as simple as they appear on the surface and being able to kind of pull the carpet up and to see what lies underneath, you know? But then when that becomes your default, it can actually be so isolating because there's a lot of safety or at least false safety or the illusion of safety that comes with easily choosing a side. I'm on the left or I'm on the, on the right. This is who I am. This is what it means to be black because I'm a black person. I should behave in this way. There's a lot of kind of collective safety that comes with that. But I think further along the, the line, it becomes so difficult to actually stand for something. I absolutely agree with you. Um, like, because I've been standing for something internally for such a long time, like for yeah. such a long time. It's just been my quiet internal path. I'm, I have no desire to convince anyone of anything. I have mm -hmm. no desire to just spread the word. I'm not an author, although some say that when I write, they love what I write. But I've, I've just been walking my path doing me, but with mm -hmm. very deep attention. And so, so it hasn't become isolating in the least, I don't think, because I am so at peace with myself and I'm so at peace with silence, right? And it doesn't mean my life is without challenges. Um, it doesn't mean I haven't had moments of tears in the last few months because I'm like, why, what is happening, right? Yeah. But, but for the most part, um, I have a level of peace that I recognize few people have. And mm -hmm. so that, that ability to, to watch and discern and to see the nuances and see, to see the truth behind the words or to see the unspoken behind the words gives me a deep amount of peace um, but also because th there's, um, there's a book I read um, called School of the Gods, right? Mm -hmm. His name is Elio Diana, I believe his name is. Elio mm -hmm. Diana, right? And there's a saying, he's, something he says all the time that has become a part of something I say often when I'm working with people. I do some work with people one-on-one. -on -one. And, and this is what it is. The world is as you are no different mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so while we're all running around thinking we need to change the world the world is as we all are there is nothing in this world that needs to change short of ourselves and mm -hmm. you know quantum 
reality is so fantastical that the fact is you and I could be neighbors in a world where you are experiencing something completely different from your government, from your friends, from your family, from the weather, from the health, than I am in the house next door, simply because of perspective. Mm. So if we understand that the world is as we are, then we need to look within. Even with all of its madness, even with the things that one would consider evil, which there is no such thing in reality, evil is just the absence of light and good, but with everything, you start to be able to deconstruct it in a way that makes you go, okay, got it. So that there's just more learning. There's nothing to make an enemy of. There's no person mm -hmm. to make an enemy of. There's just what is, right? And the more we understand that the world is that we are, the, the, the more I would hope we take on the job of focusing on who we are. Because yes. we really can change everything. Doesn't matter how sick it looks on the outside. And the more sick we think it is, is the more of it we actually attract. Because, yeah, there are some things that we could look at and go, okay, that's really, do you know what I mean, heinous crimes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, but really to even be able to see it and go, you know, okay, we are collectively creating this. And it's bubbling up now because, you know, the, 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 the propaganda, oh, I don't want to use that word, the, the medias or those who do have a platform, their ability to separate using very important conversations is so vast and so deep that they just keep, it's like they just keep throwing things in the water and creating ripple effects for all of us. Like there are some, like the last time I've paid attention to this, what I said to myself, there are some words you can say to trigger all kinds of cultures. You yes. say, you say white supremacy and you've got us. You say anti-Semitism and you've got a whole other group of people. You say any of those things and you're going to trigger them. You're going to raise wounds, um, old, I don't like to use the word traumas personally, but you're going to raise some old stuff, some old memories, yes. some old beliefs, um, just by using those words. So they will throw those words into the ring as often as possible, especially if we start to find peace or connection. And so the more you start to see that, the less moved you are every time mm -hmm. they throw something. So you almost can appear like you don't feel, like you have mm -hmm. no feeling you do, you know what i mean you're not angry and i have you just you're just neutral you're just observing um and staying in your own not staying in your own lane so much as let me just keep doing the work and hopefully one day there'll be enough of us doing the work that we create a planet that reflects that level of clarity and harmony and peace and yeah. communion and all of the things that appear to be disappearing they're not, they're transitioning, but it requires more of us. It requires so much more of us to let go of the blame of other. Doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> other person, other sex, other neighbor, other country, other, we need to let go of the other and recognize that it is, it's all us. It's all up to us, you know? So I sit kind of maybe too quietly waiting for enough people to just get on that then like, I had an idea a few years ago. Actually, it was about 2012. Remember when, I don't know how old you were, 2012. It was a big deal, right? Do you remember 2012, 12? The end of the world was coming, the Mayan calendar. Exactly, right. Uh, so I remember when the end of the world was coming. And I had had an idea that I never launched because I've been really good at not launching ideas and I have many good ones, right? But I'll just say this one out loud, <laughs> what it was because the time passed, 
it was called the day of forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was gather from around the world, all over the world, as many black African people as possible to sign up for this day of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And what was going to happen on the day of forgiveness was collectively at the same time throughout the planet, the same time, which was going to be powerful. At the same time, I had a, a prayer written, which I wish I could find really quickly. It was a prayer of forgiveness from black people to the entire white race for all perceived wrongs, past, present, and future, right? And if collectively we could have done that, we could have created a transformation that even, um, is it okay to say white? <laughs> that even Caucasian people, I don't even know what word to use. I'm so not used to being on a platform like this. But we could have created a shift that they wouldn't have even understood. Do you mm. know what I mean? Where, you know, but yeah, it was collective, but it was, it was with an understanding that this entire world is balancing out something major. Everything is about balance. Our relationships about balance. Our, our um, religions are about balance. Our cultures mm. are about balance. And when it comes to the whole slavery thing, I have been certain for a very long time that most of the people who are here in skins of color this year have quite possibly been slave owners in another life. And mm -hmm. that whole understanding of when you can forgive another, there's a level at which you're forgiving yourself. And mm -hmm. with, that, with that pulling out and broader understanding of how karma is created, you know, we come back and we're black, then we come back and we're white, and we come back and we're black, and we come back right. and we're white. It is all balancing out. So. So in our ability to forgive them for what should have been our greatest lessons, the greatest lessons of all time can be learned through slavery, can mm -hmm. be learned through all kinds of things. It's so rich and it lends to what powerful people we actually are, but we're no using none of it. Well, many are, many are, it's not mm -hmm. all of us, but, but in our ability to forgive, it's such a huge act of forgiveness, compassion, and broad and deep understanding like the watershed effect of that is just to me so powerful to release ourselves from the karma of slavery of blame of the mm. other of holding ourselves in a space because we can't let it go um all of it and all of the narratives that have come with that over the last 30 years because i've been having this conversation for over 30 years Wow. Right? And so the narratives that come with that just continue to get deeper and deeper. You yeah. know, and younger, smarter people than when I was that age are grabbing on because they want to do the right things. They're not seeing they're not seeing the deficiencies in the narrative. They're not seeing the um the lack of wisdom in the narratives. They're not seeing the deeper understandings in the narratives. And so there is so much that we have in front of us. Um and I just trust and pray we open our eyes because, you know, we are all powerful people, but I feel as though some of us are not waking up to our piece of the puzzle of power. And mm. that means our, our people in particular, we have a certain place in the power and we're not, not and again, not all, not across the board, but in general, we're not stepping in, you know, there's, there's a lot we're here to do and be, but um, our insistence on pointing outside of ourselves for everything that's happening and continues to happen just keeps us in that place. And, right. um, you know, sometimes I feel like I live on another planet because 
I'm so devoid of the, the narratives that have been growing over the years. Yeah. I'm stop because I really am just ranting. <laughs> just no, 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 no. It, no, this, this is not ranting, we're sharing. We're, we're, okay, having, okay. we're having a conversation and you, you've said so many things that speak to me so deeply. I, words will never be able to fully express it, especially the English language. It, it will never be able to fully express what's running through my mind and my heart right now. I, I've, and one of the first things that you mentioned when we were talking about isolation, I, I love that you and I have landed in this conversation on completely different timelines, but on a very similar journey. because for you, you have been doing this work and having these conversations and stand, standing firmly in the identity that you're in right now for a very long time. And for me, I would say I've really been reckoning with just how much I was entrenched in self-censorship and how there were so many things that I felt and thought and, and knew, but I felt like it was a betrayal to say them out loud. I felt mm -hmm. like it was a betrayal to that people all over the world. What kind of huge responsibility is that? right? Feeling that you can't change your mind or to express curiosity or to ask questions because you're betraying an entire collective of people. Um, so for me, now I feel immense peace and freedom. And I'm so lucky and grateful that my default is solitude. I, I'm so happy being in my own company, whether it's in my own mind or my own physical company. And but I felt such immense isolation when I was making that transition from towing the line, following the status quo, repeating the mantras that I'm supposed to repeat as a supposed woman of color. And I, even when I started to question those terms, what does a person of color mean? And how is person of color different from colored person, which we decided was bad, we've just changed the words around and just added off who decided that I have to wear this label and who decided that it's just the default and we're saying all of these things and um, calling it progress and saying that it's so that we can stand against whiteness but isn't referring to billions of people and worldviews as people of colour isn't that putting white people as the default and then everyone else just gets grouped into one it doesn't matter where you're from what tribe what ethnicity the richness of your history cultural context none of that matters you're mm -hmm. a person of color that's it yeah yeah I, when i started to just want to just think none of these things are actually making sense i i agree with these things and i will always fight for for these things they're not going anywhere but most of it is no longer making sense, but I was still parroting the mantras because parroting the mantras meant that I could belong. It meant that I didn't have to lose intimacy. It meant that I, you know, so it's, it's really fascinating how that happened. So I experienced very brief isolation when I was making that transition, but I've never felt so much freedom and peace in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And just like you, no bone in my body wants to convince. I have no, I think that's why I do my best work and reach the people that I'm able to reach because I am not here to convince anyone. I'm just here to explore out loud and to explore my moments of silence and reflection and growth 
and curiosity most of all of you know um even when i was growing up i've always been a, a curious person and a curious child and in those years of severely self-censoring because i thought it was the right thing to do to fight for social justice my curiosity was nowhere to be seen i i was almost performing curiosity but i wouldn't allow it for myself or other people so it's it's just refreshing to hear you speak from a place of someone that has embodied truly living outside of the confines of self-censorship for such a long time you know it's so it's so beautiful although i i will say not really a correction but here's the thing please, please. so so something to commend you for i don't mm. know your age but That's... 30 okay so you are a little less than half of my age right mm. and so the 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 difference although so similar the difference is at your age time was very different we weren't as mm. far into the quantum field so when i was your age i probably felt some of that isolation then so i understand your isolation because like i like 30 years does a whole lot in terms of our ability to be with ourselves right so mm -hmm. being twice your age but what you have that i did not have so what i had then is i would have this conversation with anyone who knew me right um so there's a whole circle of people who know where my mind is at but i was never courageous enough to do what you're doing at your age i did not have the courage to live that broad i censored myself in different ways um mm. people have been offering me platform for a very long time and i've just been like why what for <laughs> like what do you want me to do up there and so i've been but i but it's also been a form of censoring not in my immediate circle but outside of that i've been afraid outside of that and you have not been which is why um my friend her, whose name is tatiana put me on to you cuz she thought of you almost like i think if i remember like like a younger version of of myself and so what you have is courage that that i commend you for do you know what i mean cuz here i am yes at almost 62 saying it on your just cuz you just was like i was like oh my god i want to talk to this woman but um I would never have done this on my own life because it's not a conversation many people are willing to have but the fact that you were having it I was completely ready to have it with you you know and so you are to be commended for finding your voice and using it at such a young age yeah it's it's beautiful you know so I've held this inside it's 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 um afforded me just years of deep learning because I too treasure my solitude i treasure silence um and i have a daughter who's almost your age she's stayed in canada when i moved here but i tre i treasure the same things and so the learning that comes with that i actually just wrote something today for um some work i'm going to be doing and i think it's please please feel free to share there's there's again okay. there's no i know i'm trying not to share cuz i don't do that generally so i'm going to be holding one-on-one -on -one retreats here in tulum uh when i come back in may and one of the things i'm actually going to see if i can find it i'm i'm coming it's only one on one though so I'm so here's something i wrote down and this was speaking with an employee of mine who still lives in canada and and it's okay it says this it says only oh so what it's going to be is this um there are some things only time and experience gives you give you right and it was just honoring that yes mm -hmm. i'm 62 and no i'm not behind in my stepping out 
because <laughs> I for such a long time I was like I thought I'd be doing this work by now and I'm recognizing no there are some things only time and experience can give you and so it's a it's one of the taglines for my um one-on-one -on -one retreats which um which I was determining we're going to be for for like 40 and up <laughs> you could come I'd love <laughs> please take me <laughs> you can come I'll bring some of my best tea if you have any time, any time, any time. But, um, but yeah, but that was something that I've literally just started to own. Like there are some things only time and experience can give you. And I need to just be, be with that, that, you know, and speak, speak, you know, don't think of yourself as the oldest person in the room. Think mm. of yourself as having something to say. Um, and I, I really, I, I, I'm just beginning to really value what I've watched you value at such a young age, it's so beautiful to watch. There's a lot of young people who do, you know, but, um, but for me, I, you know, it's, it's only now that I'm beginning to step into shoes that required um, time, you know, time and experience. You are, I feel like I've just been handed a gift and, um, just before I, I came live, I had just finished doing a class with a wonderful group that I'm mentoring and we're having big conversations about courage and mm -hmm. expression and self-censorship and discomfort and something compelled me to just speak in this way, mm -hmm. um, which I used to do all the time, but I'm, I'm currently writing and I just haven't had the, the time to do it. And very for a very brief moment, I was not going to, um, and I was going to do it another time and maybe if I had done it another time and hadn't shown up this evening now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spoken to you. And you've just, you've just handed me so much and you have no idea, no idea. I'm just, I'm, I'm floored. And I am coming to Mexico in May. <laughs> I better get a bigger house. I, I really mean that. I hope you know that I really Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. I have, to. I have to. Th wow. This is not. This is not accidental. I have to. Mm. Wow. I have. I have no words. I have no words. Um, and everyone is in the chat saying, "Can we come too? Can you take us with us?" I'm sorry. I can't I even see the chat. She's only doing one. I'll, I'll trial it for us, and then I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> tell them about it after. That's I'll tell you about it after. Wow. Um, how do I say your name, Shola? Uh, Veronica. Oh no, so that's the name of my my business, uh, okay. Isola. It's actually my mother's uh, my mother's middle name is Isola, oh, and it's also my daughter's oh. middle name. Isola. Where's that from? It's uh, Portuguese, uh, Spanish, what? Italian. It means island. Isola. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. So my actual name is Veronica. Oh, Veronica, it is such a pleasure to meet you. And it's so, it's so interesting how I, do, I don't feel like I'm meeting you for the first time. I feel like um, I'm catching up with an old friend in public mm, with a uh, hundred people listening in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to connect with you privately um, before we see each other in May. But okay. can you please let, let anyone know here because they've been saying they want to hear more from you. Can you just let people know what it is you do, what your work is, and okay. where they can find you and connect with you after as well? Because you, okay. I just, please, please. Okay, so, um, so the, the, one of the main things that I do is I have a line of jewelry that I make called Isola. 
Um, there are two things about my jewelry that differentiate it from most jewelry in the world. It's beaded jewelry. So mm. one thing is that everything I make is beaded in a pattern called the Fibonacci sequence. Are you familiar with the Fibonacci sequence? No, please tell us. Are you familiar with the golden mean ratio? No. Or the golden rectangle? Or the golden spiral? <laughs> my hands are on my hips now. <laughs> okay. So it's sacred geometry, right? So the Fibonacci sequence is a mathematical sequence of numbers. It is a sacred sequence of numbers that unfolds infinitely in both directions. So it creates an inward and an outward moving golden mean spiral into infinity using a specific numerical pattern. In math, it's the foundation of phi, as in pi and phi. And in nature, it's often called God's language in numbers or the pattern of creation because so much of nature unfolds in this very specific pattern. So for instance, a rose gets one petal, then one, two, three, five, eight. Right. Um, the nautilus shell, the pine cone, the sunflower, the branching of many trees and flowers, but especially our DNA. The spiral of your DNA is based on the golden mean spiral, which is based on the math of the Fibonacci sequence. So they say that when our DNA is exposed to this pattern in any form, it has a healing and resonant effect. So whether you're wearing it, looking at it, meditating on it, or it's beside your table, hanging on your wall, it's putting out a frequency um, that's good for your mind, your body, your spirit, and the environment. And it's the reason, one of the main reasons when we go into nature and we feel so good is because the DNA of every single organic thing on the planet has these numbers at its foundation. So it's kind of like the pattern of everything. So my line of jewelry is based on the Fibonacci sequence. And so for that reason, it's developed a very specific fan base, which has been really a, a gift. So I'm, I'm doing my best to continue that from Tulum. So it's kind of, you know, if, if someone went to my website right now, there's a whole lot of things that say unavailable because I can't produce the way I am from here. However, I'm going back for a yoga conference in April and everything's going to be turned on in a couple of days. And if you order between now and April 14th, I will ship it to you, right? Oh, um, so that's my jewelry. But what I do here is I am what I call a new narrative coach. And wow. so I help people to change their mind. I, I like to think of it as helping people to see the impossible as possible through the I am or through the quantum field. And so mm -hmm. I have a few different things that I offer to do that. Um, I have something called Sound of I Am which is a more long-term thing, which facilitates an individual having a sacred conversation with themselves to change their narrative and to create a sacred conversation that they can have moving forward for all time. Basically, higher mind talking to the subconscious mind, talking to the shadow in order to shine light on the shadows. And I do that using also the I am. And then other than that, I really just love to have conversations that heal. If you had asked me when I was your age what I wanted to do for a living, what I would have told you was yes. I want to have conversations that heal. That's the only thing I've ever had in my head. And only now am I actually creating a framework where I do that. Not online, but with people. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? As you said that, um, I want to create conversations that heal. I can tell that you have fully embodied that declaration because that's exactly what I have experienced with you in this conversation. A conversation that I did not know I was going to have, but a conversation that I deeply 
needed again on a level that I can't even explain. Um, and I will do whatever I can to make sure that you have those conversations out loud. That's something that you would like to do. I, I'm, I'm just... starting to get teary now. <laughs> wow. What an honor. And what an honor. It's mutual. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, the word that, that keeps, the words that keep coming to me, and I don't mean it in an egotistical way, because I mean it in a really expansive way. You feel like an, uh, an other me. I don't know how to say those words better. It's like an other me, not like you're me, but just we are the yes. same. I feel yes. like I've just met myself. And that's how we should feel more often. Yeah. It's like we're meeting ourselves every time we meet someone. It's like, I feel like I've just, and that's what soul relationships feel like to me and identifying them. So um, it's good to meet you again. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. We'll speak soon. Thank you for <laughs> being you and thank you for receiving me. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. I I have I have nothing. I I think I think that's it. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I need to to leave and um just sit in silence and yeah, just take this in. That was very, very special. There's, there's nowhere else I can go after this. Um, I feel a level of clarity that, um, it's almost like I've been, I've been seeking the level of clarity that I feel now. Not to say that I felt unclear about anything in any way, but I've been thinking a lot about the work that I do. I've been thinking a lot about my voice. Um, and there's, there's something that I've needed an, an answer to. And I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what the question was. There's just something that I needed an answer to. And I really did receive it in this conversation. I truly felt like I was looking at myself. And I've never said anything like that before, ever. Wow. Um, her name was Veronica, and I've just had a very powerful conversation, a conversation that has affirmed my work and my mission and everything that I'm doing in a way that I did not expect. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to brew some more tea and I'm going to sit and um, yeah, and just relish in this for, the, for as long as possible. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so yes, I will leave you. Feel free to send me a message or a voice note or any thoughts that you have. Thank you so much. Thank you.